I'm stoked we got Derek in the house. How you doing? I'm doing great, Jake. How are you, buddy? I'm doing really good. I got you on here because I feel like you're one of the happiest guys that I know. I just feel like people in general search for things to be angry about. Subconsciously, maybe, but I feel like people just want to be angry for some reason. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of stuff that people can be angry about in this world. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that's messed up right now. That's everywhere. Agreed. I agree. But I feel like there's just as much good stuff to like... Like, I feel like you're happy because you seek happiness over, oh, like, it's like a choice. Yeah, for sure. Right? I have literally zero tolerance for, you know, negativity and just people that are a downer. Life's like, too I, short. I, I don't have time for that. To be angry all the time. No. Right? Why would you? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but I, I feel like I find myself doing it sometimes. I think I'm like a happiness seeker, whatever you want to call it for this portion. But it's hard not to be like, man, I've just got super angry at nothing. And I feel like it's because I was looking for that. Yeah. Without really looking for it. But like to be in a good mood and all of a sudden the stupid nothing happens and you snap and you're like, idiot. Right. (laughs) Right. You go right to it. Right. I feel like because somewhere you're like just waiting. Who's going to do something stupid? Who's going to piss me off today? True. But I also have the feeling that I immediately can identify that and recognize that it's before you yeah, like it's action anger. Like I'll say something because like you hit your hand with a hammer, you're like ah, you get really angry. And you're like, what am I? Some kind of dope? I mean, <laughs> you just I can recognize it and mm-hmm. then just flush it away. I think it's a big deal. Yeah, it's a big deal. And the people that can't identify that and stop doing that, they're like miserable. Everything seems to stack on t- negative st- mm-hmm. stacks on top of negative. Like if you have a bad day at work and you have a bad day at home, next thing you know, you're stacking more and Your more. Your dinner tastes more. like garbage, even yeah, if it's good. That black cloud just comes over, and next right? thing you know, everything's rotten. Everything is bad. I don't know. I just feel like I think I'm a little 50 50. I certainly don't look for anything to piss me off. I have short temper, probably my dad's fault. <laughs> my mom's like a hippie piece. Like life is good. My dad flies off the handle at everything. But it's like an internal battle for me every day to go, okay. Like, I'm going to seek the good. I'm going to find the happiness and be good. Man, just be good. Like, I did that the other day. I was driving to work. Guy pulled out in front of me. Happens to all of us probably every day. And, like, a total overreaction for, like, five seconds. You know? <laughs> like, I wanted him to stop so I could get out and just fight the guy. Yeah. And within five seconds of feeling that way and yelling through my windshield that's not going to get through his back windows, like, he's going to hear me, I went, what? What's the point? Right. And Nothing if that, changed. I hit my brakes. I'm going to show up to work seven seconds later than I would have, healthy, alive. Right, right. And then I went back to like, life is good. Yeah. And a lot of times those people don't even recognize they have the fact no idea what they've, they've done to you to make you angry. And so you're all angry. And they're like, yeah, it's what's no that guy's act. problem? Yeah. It's not like he was malicious and like, I'm going to cut this guy off that I don't know <laughs> and ruin his morning. Yeah. But it feels like that. Yeah. It feels like that. So I don't know. I'm just glad to have you in here today because I'm a big positive vibes guy i like when people bring a good energy to the table i think it matters and i think it's the only thing that matters for sure honest. Like for sure relationships and who you're with and who you hang out with like you get to a point in life an age point i think when you recognize the people that bring either nothing or negativity to your table and then you're, you're not a kid that feels loyal to another kid mm-hmm. you're an adult now and you're like look you don't bring anything to my table man 
It's been real. See you later. Right. And it's that's easy to cut people off that you just go. Yeah. Not only are you ruining my day, but I got a great wife at home and I, now I'm irritated and I'm going to come home and I'm going to treat her probably not as good as I should because I'm irritated by a negative person in my mm-hmm. life. So to cut mm-hmm. those out, not only does it boost you, but it boosts the relationships. It boosts everything. For sure. And it, age is the factor because when I was your age, you know, you get angry at things and, and they, they last longer. The yeah. anger lasts longer. Yeah. But then you get to the point, like you said, where you recognize that this person or these situations or this environment doesn't bring me any positivity, doesn't feed me in any way. Mm-hmm. You start cutting those things out of your it's life. and then cut them off. Oh, for sure. Now, like right now, I could someone makes me mad, I could... And they could be in my life for a long time if they don't want to adapt or change or become better or try to have some mm-hmm. introspection to make their lives better and recognize what's going on. Like, I'll shut the door. It's easy. Yeah. For me, it's easy. And Monica's shocked at how easily I can do that. But yeah. it's not like you look to do that. No, I, I just. I think you just realize one day, man, it's it's done. You're dragging me down and it's annoying. I keep trying and trying and trying and trying and it doesn't change. So mm-hmm. I'm done trying. I agree. uh, That's one of my things, too. Like, I ask people all the time, and I'm one of those guys that people are always like, it's 50-50. When you ask somebody, how's it going? You're either going to get, it's good, how are you? Whether it's good or not, or you're going to get a, oh, man, let me tell you. And it's like, just tell me you're good. I don't Mm -hmm. care. Right. I mean, unless you're super close, family, whatever. If you're that close to me, I'm really asking about your day. But people are saying, how's it going, to just say, how's it going? Yeah. Don't bombard me with your negative bomb. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's 2 o'clock on a Tuesday, and I just sold two motorcycles. Life is good. Yeah. Don't come in here and tell me that your life sucks. Right. I don't want to hear it. So, like, I don't know. I just think it's like, I tell everybody all the time, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Whether I am or not, because that, I think, goes back to, like, the personal responsibility that you have as what you're going to leave somebody. If I meet somebody one time, I want them to go, that guy seems super happy. If I run into him a year later at Costco and they recognize me, they go, man, I had a five-minute conversation with that guy one day. He was so happy. Yeah. Left feeling like he's a good dude. Yeah. We, you know? we had that initial feeling when we first met you years mm-hmm. ago. Yeah, it's, it's like a... Like, this guy's a solid dude. We should yeah. probably spend more time with him. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, you're welcome. I, I think it... And I, but I think a lot of it, too... Number one, it has to be genuine to be long-term, obviously. You know, I could have put on a nice front and you guys went cool. And then six months later, you go, this guy's a dick. Yeah, but I'm out. You can see through that pretty quickly. You can see, that's what I'm saying. For To be long-term and have that kind of relationship where, you know, it's been, let's say, call it 10 years almost, it feels like for us as friends. Mm-hmm. And for me to feel the same way I do about you like 10 years ago, and this is just the same guy. That's the thing. I, right. I feel like you're not getting tricked into a personality or, or whatever it is. You're This is somebody that I like. And we're going to be friends for a long time. And it goes, I think it goes to the relationship, too, of what you actually have. Like, our relationship is, this is the first time we've seen each other in a long time. So between now and then, we're not going to do anything to piss each other off. We don't see each other or talk to each other. Right. But that's the thing. If I don't see you in five years, I know I'm going to sit down and have the same kind of conversation in five years. Yeah, exactly. So... I don't know. I just, I'm glad to have you here tonight because I think that people just need more happiness. They need to seek more happiness. And you are one of the few people, to be honest, in my life that, not because you try, but because it's how you are, you see it half full naturally and because of your mental makeup instead of half empty. And I think that's unique in today's society. Yeah. I really do. I have my wife to thank for that. She's super positive. She's super optimistic. Mm-hmm. She's super 
She's the same. I've never she seen is, her unhappy. No, she, she's always happy. She always looks for the bright side of things. She's Hallmark Channel, Disney Channel. That's it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's that, a that's, huge deal. She gets upset on commercials when s- someone gets a crossword set to them or something <laughs> on commercials. Or the SPCA, what's, what's the pet? The uh, ASP? Oh, I don't have a clue. Anyway, those is. Sarah McLaughlin commercials oh, where they're. Oh, God. She will see those things and she'll start bawling her eyes like, out. I feel like I don't cry, but I feel like everybody hates those. Oh, they're the worst. But I don't you're like, I want to see a burnt dog in a kennel. I and don't then get asked for money. No, but my with po- Sarah McLaughlin play. <laughs> no. My point is, she's very empathetic. Yes. To, to that type yes. of thing and to people and to life in general. Mm-hmm. Like she feels people's pain and she always wants to be happy on the bright side and look forward to things. And I think that's it's awesome. rubbed off on me. I for think sure. that's awesome. It matters who you pick. Yeah, for sure. For sure. We're talking baseball. Where's Bryce Harper going? Is he going to your Cubbies? I don't know. As much as I would love to have Bryce Harper, I think the Cubs are hamstrung by Hayward's contract. I mean, he's, Good old Hayward. He's still owed a, a bunch of money. <laughs> I know he is. So I know. I, I don't know that they're willing to flush that down the toilet, and I don't know that Schwarber's the answer in left field. He's not. Uh, Almora's good in center but he's not Dexter Fowler no so I don't know that if even if somehow you were to get past Hayward's contract and put Bryce Harper in the right so you're not going to have the defensive glove that Hayward no. has even though you get more RBIs you're paying and, for the stick yeah and Harper yeah so I would love to have him but I don't know if that's necessarily the solution we've got they were early in the runnings I don't even know if they're in the running anymore. Yeah, huh? You're certainly not hearing anything about no. them. But they were an early, like, legitimate. He might end up here. It's a good market, and Wrigley's yeah. a, a great place to be. And that division is loaded. He's going to the Dodgers. Ah, they made room for 100%. him. Hundred <laughs> percent. I don't know about a hundred percent. It's done deal. I don't think he's going to the Dodgers. I, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I think they're going to keep Machado. Really. Mm-hmm. They're going to give him more than $175 million? I think they're going to keep Machado. I don't know why. Yeah, I just, then what are they going to do with Seeker? They'll figure it out when he gets there. I don't the, think... Here's the thing. The Dodgers have about three guys on their team that only play one position, and Seeker's going to be a shortstop. Machado will play third. I thought he wanted to play short. If he really wants to play third, I bet Seeker will go, I'll play third. Well, that, okay, well, what about Justin, Justin Turner? Turner's going to be a DH or move to first. <laughs> okay, what about <laughs> Bellinger? He's going to go to center. <laughs> See, that's a whole mess, man. Well, he's gonna end up staying in, in the Nationals. Well, you watch. You, you might have inside information from Dave, but I, I think that <laughs> I whole thing sounds I like know. a big mess. I wish mess. I did. Dave is the man. You know, Dave, just a good dude. But no, I'm a Dodgers fan because of Dave. If he went to Seattle tomorrow, I'd be a Seattle yeah. fan. One of that, the best. That was dudes the only reason why I want the Dodgers to win. Is One of the best him. guys I've ever met. Super cool, dude. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, Cubbies, the, your Cubbies will be all right. I'll take the Dodgers this year. Who did the Cubbies do anything in the offseason? Not yet. They re-signed some guys. Neither are the Dodgers. No. They're in the same boat. But the Dodgers got rid of Kemp and Puig, which is good to make room for something. I know that outfield's crowded. But oh, how about this right now? Fifty bucks. Dodgers end up with a better regular season record than the Cubs. Two thousand nineteen. That's not necessarily a stretch, considering you're an <laughs> NL champ the last couple of years. <laughs> no. Okay. Well, <laughs> Yeah, you're right. You don't like that? You don't have confidence in your Cubs? No, it's not that I don't have confidence in the Cubs, but I don't. 50 bucks is a lot of money to me. How about this? I'll take this because I have confidence in the Dodgers. 
50 bucks, Dodgers win between 90 and 100 regular season games. How about none of that? I don't think that's good <laughs> enough. I think. How about if you put that 50, say that they'll win over 100 games? No, I can't do that. They went on an absolute historic run. They were like 52 and 6 or something. And they ended up winning like 103 games that year. Yeah, okay. Well, I can't so it can be done. So they're being historical. It can't be done. I know it can be done. 90, okay, have, then we'll do this 93 games to 100 games. 98. 95. 97. 6. All right. Okay. They'll win more than 96. More than games. 96 or more. No, more. No, you got to give 96 or more. 96, it's a push. Nobody wins. Okay, okay fair 97, enough. 97, you 96 is a push. 97 and above, I win. Yeah. 50 bucks. All right. We got that deal. Yeah, for the Cubs, I mean, they were in the driver's seat the whole season. I know. And the last couple months, they just fell apart, and they got to play the wild card game. They had a couple injuries. And then the Rockies come to town. What's his name? Chris Bryant was Chris Bryant was hurt. Bryant was was hurt. The rotation wasn't the same. Who's Baez's little Addison Russell man? Uh, Addison Russell going down is huge. Yeah, and he's got uh, forty game suspension to start the season. That's right. So that that to me is. Everybody's on something. Well, it's not. It, it's not. Oh on, yeah, he was. It's not on something. something. He's something. allegedly. That's right. Allegedly That's right. domestic. Never mind. Domestic I, abuse. I instantly went to what I think everybody should get suspended for. Yeah. Or not suspended for. Let me say it that way. I don't. I, you know what? As a fan, tell me that 1995 through 2000 with McGuire and Sosa. And Bonds wasn't the greatest time. And a Gagne coming in, throwing 800 miles an hour. And then a, a Mark McGuire taking a 100-mile-an-hour fastball and turning it into the seats. Like That's entertainment. It is. That's what I'm paying for. It is. I want to see people that do things that I can't do. So you're saying that you can do those no. things? <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I want to see them do things I can't do. Yeah, I respect sure. them more than anything. For sure. But do I not want to see the best players in the world on the best stuff in the world doing yeah, the, that's, amazing things? That's crazy. That, that ni- was electrifying. That 98 season with Sosa McGuire was unbelievable. It was awesome. Like, like you would watch SportsCenter just to see their at-bats. My dad and I went to a Padres game when it was back and forth. Remember when McGuire would hit one and he'd be one ahead of Sosa? Sosa would hit two and he'd be one ahead. Right. We went to Jack Murphy Stadium. It was like the eighth inning. Padres were getting beat, I think. Sosa came up with the bases yacked, and everybody was still in the stadium because they knew he was going to hit in the eighth or the ninth. Everybody was still there. The game was over. He hits a grand slam, and I'll never forget it. I was sitting like probably 20 rows up, straight in line with third base. So he pulls this ball, and I see the flight, and I'm like, my goodness, this is beautiful. It's flying through the air. We're in San Diego. He's obviously playing with the Cubs. As he hits this ball, I think before it even hit the seats, the fireworks for the Padres were shooting (laughs) off in center field. I'm like, nobody's here for this game. They're here for Sammy Sosa. And it was incredible. And I remember thinking, like, man, Sosa hits a granny. The fireworks go off. The stadium empties. The like, visiting team gets the, the fireworks. Yeah, it's like the visiting guy. Like right. Nobody even cared about the Cubs at the time. Oh, they were terrible. They were not good, but he was doing something incredible. And yeah. baseball and the baseball world, and the thing about it is you got to love baseball to like it now, nowadays. So back then, you have people that don't know anything about baseball just knowing, like, I'm going to tune in to see this guy, see if he can hit one out of the park, because now I know what a home run is, right. and I'm here to see that. Right. You know, mm. I don't think they should promote any type of performance enhancing drugs. No, but but I feel like there's so many ways around it that so many guys are doing it. And when you're talking about millions of dollars, 
how many guys that are trying to stay clean are stuck in double A or don't make it because right. they're not willing to do that. That's what Manny Ramirez did. Yeah. End of his career, he had that great year and then got popped for steroids and said, I'm out. Right. See ya. Palmero got busted too. He knew it was his last year and he said, hey, whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm either going to hit 200 and it's going to be a bummer but, or I'm going to take these PEDs. And he raked that year. Yeah. I don't necessarily think that if you're one of those guys that you don't have the best of everything, so I wouldn't think that you would need that. Because think about it, if you're Mark McGuire, you're making you got a fat contract, you got a nutritionist, you got mm-hmm. a, a fitness guy, you have access to all the best of everything. So why would you need that to be as good as you are or to hit home runs? Because that's a different kind of strength. That's why. I guess. It's unnatural. It's an unnatural strength. And Barry Bonds, Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire, incredible hand-eye coordination to do what they did. You don't need it to be good, but you need it to do what they so did. So the, the natural ability, the hand-eye coordination, in addition to the steroid power. In addition power, to now, now, not only is my hand-eye coordination this good, but I can get the bat there that much faster. It's a huge deal. That's a huge deal. Yeah. It's not about the muscles and going, look at me. It's about I can get my bat from point A to point B a lot faster than I would without this stuff. Mm-hmm. And my hand, Barry Bonds, I think, best hitter. I think oh, best for sure. Of all time. For sure. Unbelievable. For sure. Before, when he was skinny, the whole deal, he's always been good. He got walked with the bases loaded. I know. I know. <laughs> Put like, him on. I'm going to give Put this guy on. an RBI. I'm not going to give him three. You could take the AB into the RBI. It's good for you. Yes. Like some of his statistics are just ridiculous. They're unbelievable. They're ridiculous. I saw something the other day that said, I, I don't know, you see so many ridiculous Barry Bond stats. If you took away all his walks for a full season, or all his walks for five years, he'd still have a higher on base percentage than 99% of guys. You're like, Jesus. Yeah. It, there's a very real skill that you can recognize in his stat line that's, mm-hmm. that isn't, I don't care how strong you are. If right. you can't touch the ball, it doesn't matter. Right. So I respect both sides of it. For me, it's hard because I look at it and go, these guys want to live a life that is better than everybody else. And they're willing to go to great lengths. They're willing to go to, you know, it's your body. You want to put that stuff in your system and shorten your lifespan, go ahead. Mm-hmm. But your 10 years on top of the world is something the, the half a percent of the 1% never get to touch. True. But at, get, at the end of that period of time, yeah, then what? you don't get the Hall of Fame. You, don't, you get, don't get anything. You don't get all the accolades that you would have probably still gotten had you have not taken those steroids because you were so good to begin with. Yeah, but... Would you trade a seven, eight-year span of being on top of the world for a 14-year Hall of Fame career? No. For having your name on a plaque in the Hall of Fame? Yeah. You would? Yeah. Let me ask you this. Would you rather hit 1,000 home runs and not be in the Hall of Fame, or would you rather hit 670 and be in the Hall of Fame? That's a tough one for me, to be honest. Well, what's the answer? The reason it's tough is because look at how look what we just said about Barry Bonds. He's not in the Hall of Fame. No. But we both just said he's the best hitter of all time. Well, best power hitter. Best I think power, Pete, Pete best, Rose I is the best hitter. Pete Rose is the best. Best power hitter of all time. Yeah. Regardless of in the Hall of Fame or not. And we're not the only ones that think that. People look at that and go, but then there's another side of that to me that I go, Barry Bonds was hitting those home runs off probably guys that were on the same stuff he was on. Yeah. Probably. A lot of pitchers that came in and said, 
there's a reason when you look at my stat line and my if they had the metrics they have now, you don't see a guy go from 89 mile hour fastball to 96 for two years only and then go back to 90. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, obviously, there's yeah. something there, right? So, I just feel like I feel like he was that whole era. I feel like that whole era should just go. You you're you're all in. Yeah. Because you're well, competing against the guys that did the same thing. Yeah, well, Palmero and Clemens and... I know a guy I know a guy that played in the big leagues for 10 years. He told me when he was young, got called up to the big leagues. No names here, obviously. He got called up to the big leagues. He saw four guys in a bathroom stall. And he's like, I was super young and naive. I thought they were like, gay. Like I could see their pants were around their ankles. I could see their feet. And then I eventually learned they were all sticking themselves with some needles in the ass and going, here, man, I got you, boom, boom, boom. It was just weird. It was like one of those things where I went, man, this is a real thing. This was in the 90s. So I just look at it and I'm like, I think you should be in the Hall of Fame. You can put an asterisk next to it if you want. These guys played from 1988 when Canseco started <laughs> to 2004 when we did the, the crackdown. Mm-hmm. Look at it however you want, but this is the all-time home run leader. Mm-hmm. He earned it Yeah, one way or another. He earned it. You're going to get a guy that hits that many home runs against that good of pitching against some of the guys, not all of them, that are probably on similar stuff. And then you're going to go with the Hank Aaron, who half his home runs probably came on that pitcher's 200th pitch of the day. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Here you go. Here comes a 78-mile-an-hour fastball. True. Hammer this thing out of the yard. Yeah. I think there should be a 19-8, whatever time to whatever time, Put him in the Hall of Fame. Give him an asterisk. I don't. I don't really care. Yeah. It's a different game. Yeah, and it's hard to to expect that the game should remain as pure as it was when it started. It's just you shouldn't expect that out of people. Right. You know yeah. what? If I'm going to compete, that's what I'm going to do because that's what everyone else is yeah. doing. And you're they, talking millions of dollars. They should have a whole wing of just all the I asterisk agree. players and just I let agree. The, let the fans. Love the players. They should have a fan favorite Hall of Fame. Well, they're probably still all the same guys, but the it guy, would be the but guys those that guys are in there in. now. Yeah, those guys would get in for sure. They'd for go sure. This guy gets in. Yeah, because but I love him. They should let him in and just have an asterisk part of the Hall of it Fame. It is what it is. You can't have the Baseball Hall of Fame without Bonds and Clemens you and can't. Pete. And they're Palmero the best of all time. They're the best. They're in the conversation for best of all time, no matter how you dice it up. Right. Just That's the bottom line. Yeah. But baseball is the kind of thing where, like, I wouldn't mind seeing the NFL, like, all those guys jacked up and juiced up in the NFL. Yeah. Because that sport dictates. They are know, anyways. Yeah. So they are anyways. Baseball is, to pure. me, is it's, it's pure. pure. It's pure. And keep it pure. And that's why those guys are on the outside looking in. But their accomplishments, despite having allegedly taken drugs on some, <laughs> Are out looking in, but they should be in, and they should just be included into a wing that just says, "Hey, listen, these guys are either proven or allegedly had taken these drugs to yes. enhance their numbers." But, yes, I mean Pete didn't. Pete, no, and for Pete, the record, I, mean, I don't. He should be in. I don't condone it. I don't promote it. If it all stayed pure and everybody's good, I get it. My point is, I understand it. Mm-hmm. I understand why. A Barry Bonds would do that. I understand why a McGuire would do that. Nobody was pulled out publicly for it yet. It was awesome. He told me I could take this and just get jacked and hit bombs. Like, who's not going to do that until you come under fire, until it becomes a thing? I said this the other day. I picked up a Dave Roberts bat from with the Padres. I don't know when the last time he played with them was. 
I'm going to guess early 2000s, maybe. Yeah, probably. I don't know when he played with the Padres. But we had a minor leaguer in the facility the other day, obviously a brand new bat, broke it, and he left it for us. He signed it and left it at the facility. And I picked up Dave's bat from 20 years ago, and I picked up this guy's bat, and I'm like, these are both Louisville Sluggers. They both say powerized. This says 241. This says 248. Same piece of wood. Like, and I even said it to my business partner. I said, this is why baseball is so beautiful. You can't change it. Mm-hmm. You can't change a wooden stick. You're going to hit with this one. It might be a little more balanced. It might be a little more of this. But at the end of the day, it's all the same. It's all the same. And I looked and went, man, this is why I like it. And I'm a purist for sure. I know it doesn't sound like it when I'm talking about bonds. But I understand those guys. I wish that the fans and the announcers and all the analysts wouldn't act like they were doing a terrible thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right, right. Bonds I get because apparently he was a dick through his whole career to, to everybody. Well, right. I, and and at his time, you knew it was wrong. McGuire is just a big idiot, I feel like. But, <laughs> but he came out and said, I did it. And look at him now. And I certainly don't know all the information on Bonds. But if you were asked the same questions or if you were certain beat writers are there every day, you know, they, mm-hmm. they cover the team, they're there every day. They're asking you the same questions every day. Get at irritated. some point, you're like, listen, bro. <laughs> get you off, asked me this yesterday. Get off my jock about this. Yes. I agree. And, I agree with that. You know, you have a 20-year career. There's probably 10, 15, 20, 30, 40, 50 guys. You're going to hear it. You're going to get the same questions about BS or this or that. And you're like, listen, go climb a tree. Get get off my case about this. It's very so, true. Very true. But the thing about it that is concerning on a different level is why doesn't he have a job in baseball? I think he does. Well, he was the Marlins coach He's not for a now. while. He's nothing now. I don't know. He's not a good dude, uh, track record-wise. <laughs> yeah. He's not good. Yeah. And I haven't heard one person say something good about the personality of Barry Bonds. I just haven't heard one guy say anything good. Yeah, well. That's... Oh, Bonds is what he is. Right, that's enough about Bonds and the cheaters. I don't <laughs> condone it. I think that they should all just have their own section history. Yeah, and there's plenty of them, and there's plenty of significant achievement by those players. Yes that they can warrant their own wing. Like, if you want to ostracize those guys, that's fine. But they deserve to be in. Like Clemens, Bonds, Palmero, Sosa. Those guys contributed to the game, even though technically, allegedly, they cheated. But there was a time where they were the best and most electric players in the game. Without a doubt. Yeah. They brought a five- to ten-year span of... Something that no one will ever bring again. No. Nobody brought before. Mm -mm. And not to discount any of the older guys. Any of the guys in history. Not to discount any of them. They have better training now. They have better tools. They're better equipped to deal with the the higher level of baseball. Those guys back then, maybe the level of baseball was lower. But Babe Ruth was probably swinging a 50-ounce bat. (laughs) So each era, each time frame has their own thing. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that you can take anything away from any of them. To be honest, no, I really don't. But I think if you put Babe Ruth against you know guys now, I don't know that he has that same kind of success. He doesn't because nobody does. There's video analysis. Everybody that comes in here and hits 330 for a year, they come back and they hit 290 because the pitchers look at video off season. There's a okay. Albert Pujols is up in the eighth inning. We got a guy in our pen that is strictly here for Albert Pujols. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Here you go. 
Mm-hmm. He throws to one batter, and the guy goes and sits down. Right. And he makes 700K a year. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. you're here for this guy. Or, oh, lefty, this lefty can't hit this guy. We, we have a lefty for every lefty you have sitting in our bullpen. Right. You watch the World Series, a game takes eight hours because they make 92 pitching changes. You're sitting there going, man, this is one big chess match. Right. But at the end of the day, it doesn't actually matter. Yeah. Look at look at Roberts all under fire about his managing skills last year, but he's doing what everything tells him he should do. Right. You should throw this lefty right now against this lefty hitter. The odds are in your favor. It's gambling now. Sure. It's gambling with athletes. Yeah. That's what you're doing. And, and that book that they always refer to, if you can get a copy of that book, by the book you should do this, by the book mm-hmm. you should do that, yeah. I'd like to have that I'd book. I'd love to see it. I'd love to see that book. Me I'd too. Love, so I'd love to see any one of these major league managers' books that they mm-hmm. or charts that they look through or charts that they look at. Like the game is so it's reduced to the smallest little detail. It's reduced to statistics and percentages. Yeah. Like it's all cur- it is. Curveballs that Babe Ruth saw, they probably didn't see A many. Or if they if they were, they probably didn't curve the way the guys were throwing junk now. They're not coming in at eighty nine miles an hour. Like some of the stuff is breaking like off the table. At the stupid, last filthy. Like you can't hit that. You can't. You can't hit that. So can't. if guys can't hit that now, Chris Bryant or Rizzo or yes. any one of those guys, if they struggle against a particular pitcher, I guarantee you they're watching film and analyzing everything. So if mm-hmm. you drop Babe Ruth in there and, and he has no access to that, yeah. he ain't going to hit that. He's not going to touch it. He's not going to hit that. He's not going to touch it on Araldus Chapman who goes, here's 103, <laughs> and then no. here's a 96-mile-an-hour slider. Whatever right. That's not even not fair. It. It's not even fair. You're not going to do it. I, I, that's my thing. But at the same time, I think Babe Ruth would be able to do it if he had his same skills mixed with their same, what they have access to. Oh, sure. I think he'd be fine. So I don't think it's fair to take just a generation after generation of ball players and compare them to each other. You, Like you said earlier, you were awesome, Babe Ruth. You're in the Hall of Fame. Barry Bonds, you were electric. You're the all-time home run champion. You're in the Hall of Fame because you brought that to baseball. You brought this to the game, mm-hmm. and it was awesome. And we sold more tickets in that five to seven year span than we ever did. Good for you. Good for us. Good for everybody. Right. There's going to be a, a certain group that's pissed you're in the Hall of Fame. They're going to look at us and go, MLB, you suck for letting this happen. Oh, yeah, well. but that's the thing. If you have a wing that is strictly for the asterisk mm-hmm. type records or, hey, this Where is, people can look at it however they want. These are the guys People that can go, there's no asterisk. I don't see an asterisk. Do you? And somebody else goes, yeah, yeah. he's a cheater. And you go, that's your opinion. I've never been to the Hall of Fame. I, I'll go there someday. But mm-hmm. I want to go to the Hall of Fame and see all those things. Yeah, I want to be Th- reminded. Got to be, of, there... I want to be reminded of that home run chase between right. McGuire and Sosa. Right. There's got to be room in the Hall of Fame for asterisk players. Clemens, I Rose, agree. Bonds, Palmero, Sosa, all those guys that have been excluded, but their achievements – are still achievements. They're still the on the books somewhere. Yeah, I agree. Put them in and just let the fans say, oh, yeah, oh, they're, they're asterisk players. I or, agree. Okay, well, they are, but they deserve to be in there. I do agree. Pete needs to get in there. Pete really Come needs on. to be in there. Come on. He you can, really needs you to can be do in. drugs or you can 
beat your wife or you can do whatever. You can do steroids or whatever. Yeah, tell me the difference of, of what we, we just talked about. Addison Russell goes on and has a, a Hall of Fame career. He gets in. He gets in. Probably. He does. Yeah, probably. A four, you know, 40-game suspension is different than... He gets in. Yeah. I would prefer to have a baseball player who bet on baseball while he was coaching or whatever he was doing. Yeah, and the, and the thing goes that he bet always... Uh, I don't know if it's true or not. On or his I, team, right. He always bet on his team to win. Either way, I'd prefer to... If, if they're going to put these guys on these pedestals and say, you're an example to the youth, you're, a, you're this, that, and the other thing, then... That's fine. Put the guy that bet on his team every time. Yeah, that I think the guy that beat his wife. I think the steroids and the abusive players—that's a whole nother thing. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, what what he did is not certainly you don't want to. Uh, the steroids is a competitive edge, and there's the only thing for me with the steroids that makes me have a non-problem with it, no issue, is that X amount of guys got caught. Versus X amount of guys that did it. I feel like it was just everybody. Oh, it was probably... Well, Caminetti, you know... You can't tell me Biggio and Bagwell didn't do that? Wouldn't one of them just get in the Hall of Fame? Yeah, both of those guys are in the Hall of Fame. Their forearms are the size of my thighs. Yeah. Like, it, it's not hard... Yeah. To, my dad was a bodybuilder. It's not hard to recognize an unnatural size and definition in your muscles. Yeah. I think that those guys like Sosa and Bonds and, and McGuire, those guys just got caught. Because they were superstars yeah. hitting baseballs out of stadiums. But there were guys that like Biggio and Bagwell, they were hitting balls out of stadiums too. I don't want to cast dispersions and say those guys were using steroids, but they like, were. Like you said, I know that they, I, they, they were tons they of guys. To. There were tons of guys that were doing it. You don't look like Bijou. I'm going to Google him right now. You don't look like that without. Yeah. You don't look like that. Bagwell's natural. arms look like they look like Popeye. I, I, that's who I'm going to Google right now. Bagwell. He just got in the Hall of Fame, I think. Yeah, both those guys just got in. You don't look like that without an enhancement, an unnatural enhancement. You just don't. What about awesome players like Mark Grace? When is he going to get in the Hall of Fame? <laughs> Never. What? Mark Grace or, or stupid. <laughs> How dare you? Mark Grace is amazing. Mark or Grace great is second baseman like cub, Ryan Sandberg. Why. Sandberg uh, was hey, the man. Listen, I grew when I grew How, up. There aren't many. I would say on your hand, on the five digits on your hand, you probably can't name five second basemen better than Ryan Sandberg. Bip Roberts with the Ex- Padres. Excluding Joe Morgan. Bip Roberts with the Padres. This part you, of know the pro- Bip, you don't even know Bip Roberts. This part of the program is brought to you by Bip <laughs> Roberts. <laughs> okay, here you go. This guy's in the Hall of Fame. Look at his forearm. He has two forearms. <laughs> oh, I guess everybody does. That's he almost like four. His, it's like his bone's going to be ready to pop out That's of his what I'm saying. Forearm. That's what yeah. I'm saying. You can't ignore that and go, yeah. It's just not fair. That's my point. It's right. not fair to single out a guy or two, guys that got caught, whatever. And why do they spend so much time looking at individual guys and not collectively all the guys? They went after Barry because Barry was an asshole. Oh, okay. There, well, there, they, here you the, go. Then they got him. Oh, they got him already. Oh, yeah. Look how skinny he is and then look how giant he is. This is a 100-pound difference. It's got to be. You don't gain 100 pounds of muscle as you get older. No. No, you don't. Your Th- shoe those pictures should be reversed. Uh, I'll tell you right now, Yasiel Puig is on steroids. He's on something. He's a psycho. The, but he's, the, he's the, on the Cuban mojo. He's on something. Yeah, I, I get. He, he have to be. Yeah, but it is. What you it know, is. you know what team is going to be a problem in the National League next year? 
the to, Braves. They were a problem this they're year. Gonna be they a bigger, they're going to be a bigger problem they next year. They were young. Year. They were good. Yeah, they're going to be really good. I like the Braves a lot. The Braves are good. And the Cardinals will be back, too. So now the Cubs got to contend with the Brewers and the Cardinals. The Cubs are not going to win 71 games next year. What was that number? Can you repeat that clearly for the listeners? I'll bet you another $50 that the Cubs win more than 71 games. Okay, then i got to play your game here. The Cubs will not win 80 games. I'll bet you another $50 that the Cubs win more than 80 games. Okay, I'm going to bet you one more 50, and that's it. 50 on the Dodgers are going to win 91 games like we no, agreed upon. No, 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 we didn't. It okay. was 97. Right, 96 is a push. 97 is, uh-huh. is me. Okay. So I'll we, give you 80. I'll give you the Cubs win less than 82 games. So we have 50 on 71, we have 50 on 80, and we have 50 no, on... No, not 71. 71 is 71. No. You're willing to bet okay. 50 on 81, I'm taking 81, not 71. All right. So you're saying the Cubs won't win more than 81 games. I'm saying they're not going to win more than 81. I'll take that for another 50. All right. Perfect. I'm writing this down. You better. I'll remember it. Because I'm going to come knocking for my C right. note. I'll give you a clean Because the Dodgers are the Dodgers are not going to win 97 games. I really bet 97 bucks. 97 no. games. Yeah. And the Cubs are 81. I am a real sucker. Are you kidding for, me? I'm a real sucker for some high and low action. You realize that is sub 500. You're saying the Cubs are going to be under 500 next year. 162 games in right. major league season. Yeah, 81. No, 500 on the dot. That's not going to work. There's no way. They have too much talent. Oh, man. You're probably right, but I already made the bet, and I'm a man of my word. I like it. So uh, for me, that's one of the biggest things that I think baseball does for life is that you just have to go get it. You're going to get paid what you're worth until you're worth more. That's it. I think the biggest thing, honestly, the biggest thing that baseball teaches anybody is that it's all unfair. Life is unfair. Yeah, it Big does. Time. It does. You can throw great pitches. They can. We already talked about this. Life, baseball, the whole thing in general. Baseball is unfair. It's an unfair, very difficult game. Life is the same. You can work your ass off, and Billy's going to get the raise when it comes time because Billy's cousin's with the boss. Good job, Billy. I know you kick your feet up on that desk all day long. And this guy's busting his ass, and he's selling twice as much as you are. But you're in the family, Billy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's real life. And to deal with that and say, all right, cool. I know this is part of it. Yeah. At some capacity, I am very aware that it's all going to be unfair. Right. And but then you're not getting beat up by the unfairness of life because you know how to handle it. And true. You know how to go, it is what it is. If I don't like the fact that I'm not in control of my own wealth or my own financial situation or my own happiness... I'm going to change it. I'm not going to sit around and say, well, I can't do it because of this, that, or the other thing. Right? Then it's not in your control. I think that taking accountability is a lost art. Oh, for sure. A total lost art. For sure. Big time. Yeah. But accountability is like the only art that makes you something worthwhile. Like, if you don't have accountability, if nothing is your fault, right? I didn't get the raise because Janice shows me memes every day, right? <laughs> and I feel bad. She comes out, she crawls out of her cubicle and goes, look at this. And it takes 20 seconds. Right. And it takes me away from my job. And then I go back to my computer and then the five seconds it took me to look at Janice, 
watch her meme, laugh to be nice to Janice, and go back to my computer, that's 30 seconds, right? If she does that five times a day and then tells me a story about her one-night stand on Saturday, right? Now that's 25 minutes out of my day that I had to give to Janice. And when somebody else gets promoted during promotion time, and I don't think about the fact that 25 minutes a day, five days a week, right, is two hours. Thanks, Janice. Thanks, Janice. But Janice doesn't care because her husband makes 200K a year, and she's just there to get out of the house, right? <laughs> Janice is good. Janice is care. holding you back. Janice is never going to move on from that job, and she doesn't care. But Janice is holding you back because you don't take accountability. You don't say, you know what, Janice? I'm out. I don't care. Those are the Do best I think ones, it's though. funny? Yes. <laughs> but can you please show it to me at 6.15 at Chili's when we go to happy hour on Friday and not at 2 p.m. on Monday? Yeah. Because I'm here to do something different than you're here to do. But you can change that. Right. right? If you don't take accountability, it's not your fault, then you can't change your circumstance. If you can go, man, it's my fault I didn't. Tell Janice to shut Yeah, but up. that's the easy way out is saying it's somebody else. It's somebody and else. It just like I've got screwed over. Thing off My with, boss is a dick. Just this is like whatever. we kicked this whole thing off with saying people subconsciously search for the negative. People do the same thing with reason excuses because they don't want to work. They don't want to work hard. Right? Yeah, that's the overwhelmingly prevalent thing. Is no matter where you go, people aren't willing to work hard. They're not. It's hard in 2019. Because if I because work hard, watch, I, I don't get ahead. You don't. I, get I don't ahead. get any don't. more. That guy next to me doesn't do anything all day long, and I'm doing everything, and we get paid the same. <laughs> and a fifty cent raise today is not what it used to. No, be. a fifty cent dollar, a fifty cent hour kidding? raise was huge back then. You can get a five thousand dollar raise, and after taxes, that five thousand dollar raise is what two grand, maybe, maybe, maybe. maybe. You know, if you get paid monthly times 12, it's nothing. The incentive is lacking. Like, could you imagine? Like, look at life now. Look at what these guys can pull up on their phones and see and connect to, you know? Yeah, I can't, I can't imagine going, being like, 19 years old now. No. You'd be so distracted. It's amazing. You'd be so... I don't un- know how anybody gets you'd be relationships. So un- I don't know how they do anything. Yeah, it's... I don't know how they do anything. I just look at social media and the people involved in it and who's doing what and i just think to myself like man not that any of it's easy and the financial side is what it is but there's enough money out there for everyone there's enough money out there that's another whole other deeper crazy thing like how's that possible there's enough for everyone there's more than enough for everyone i know but that i mean to the whole story right bill gates zuckerberg College dropouts, they eventually went back and got it just to say I did it. Yeah, and how many of those degrees were honorary? All of them. You think these guys are going back through college when they made $2.5 billion yeah. on Facebook? Communications 200. Uh, Mr. Gates, what would the you like to say? The only reason it's honorary is can you come speak at our school, please? Yeah. I want you to do this. Yeah. But, but Mr. But Gates, my, your paper, you got to see on yeah. your communications I, paper. I think more than my point to because I don't want it to sound like I'm discounting school. I think school is huge. More than my point to discount school, it's, it's to more promote like life chasing something you believe in. I think that you believe in it for a reason. I believe in a higher power. God mm-hmm. is what I believe in. Sure. Whether people believe in anything else, fine. I don't really care. But I think that you have a passion for something somewhere in your heart, 
mine's baseball, mine's and people. I just love people. I love talking to people. That's why we have a podcast. I like to be involved in other people's life. I like to talk about things. I like to just hear opinions, hear people out, think about things. I like to get different ideas thrown into my head sure. and toss them around. I just think that now more than ever, pursuing your passion pays. I think it pays. Oh, for sure. If you're not passionate, it comes through. And it's evident. If you have a business or you decide to start something that you're passionate about and you just, for lack of a better word, grind away at it, right? If you just grind away and say, I'm going to do this until it works, it's going to work. I think Bill Gates is the guy that came out and said, people ask me what I did to become successful or a millionaire. And he says, I reached out to 1,200 people. Of those 1,200, 90 people replied. Of those 90 people... 28 were interested. These numbers are, are wrong, but the, the idea is the same. Of those 28 people, 10 of them were truthfully interested, like really interested. He goes, and of those 10 people, three of those people made me a millionaire because they're investors and they believed in him. But his point was, I pushed my product on 1,200 people and three people bought into it. Mm-hmm. And because it was good and because people invested in me, we're all good. Like yeah. I feel like there's a platform now where you can throw your product out there. If you're a musician, I'll throw every song out, every single song on, on social media. Oh, social media is a huge benefit. Somebody's going to listen to it. Another person will listen to it. It's going to blow up overnight. And, and there is such a thing as an overnight success. Oh, absolutely. There, now, now, now more than ever. In 1990, when somebody popped up out of nowhere... There was a lot of work put into that. Yeah. Now it, it was not a nowhere. Now you made a stupid video. You're a rapper that has face tattoos and did something crazy. Would you ever get a face tattoo? No. No. Would you? No. I have tattoos, and every tattoo I get to this day, I'm 32 years old, and I still am like, I don't want to tell my mom or dad. <laughs> still. Really? Oh yeah. Neither of them have tattoos, and my mom could care less. She, I, told, I already told her, she's hippie. I feel like my dad, every time he sees me, the, the first tattoo I got, the first tattoo I got, I come home, it was super, like, conservative. It was nothing crazy. I come home, I show my dad, and I'm like, do you like it? And he looks right at me, he looks at the tattoo, looks back at me, and goes, your body screw it up if you want i went <laughs> thanks. cool dad thanks pop <laughs> oh my god so i don't even show them anymore I, I and i don't have a ton of tattoos but you can't hide one on your yeah. face yeah oh no all mine i can hide with either business clothes as long as they whatever. yeah the job i think i seriously wouldn't want is a wedding photographer how do yeah. you tell a couple your pictures didn't turn out good you were very ugly people <laughs> <laughs> and i'm a bad photographer yeah you're ugly, your family's ugly, uh, your cousins are ugly, your grandparents are ugly, everyone no in your way to make family is ugly. I cannot <laughs> Photoshop this to be any better. You're terrible. It's so bad. Yeah, it's bad. How do you have that job? Because wedding photography pays. If you're a photographer, wedding photography has got to be the best gig you can get. It's too stressful. What if everybody's super good looking and you fuck up their whole wedding? You can't. You can't read. 
What if your you, what if no 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 what if your memory card doesn't take the picture? What no, if your memory card screws up? No, well then you pop in another one. If what if you don't know that till it's all over and you go, hey, listen, I know listen, this is the only if time you have, in your life you're gonna do this. If you I have screwed it up. Technical difficulties, that's one thing. But if you have good looking people The picture's gonna turn out great. Right. I agree. So you can't really mess up a wedding photo shoot when you have good looking people. I agree with you. But if you have terrible looking people, you can have the best light, the best venue, the best of everything, and you're still going to have Cletus with his <laughs> fang, fang wow. teeth. Why does it have to be Cletus? Jacked over Betty Lou's whatever. <laughs> if Cletus and Betty Lou are getting married, I want to be at that wedding. <laughs> I want to be there. I bet there's good barbecue. I bet there's great barbecue. Great barbecue. But see, here's the thing about Cletus and Betty Lou is that like water finds its own level. You know what I mean? Like it goes to where it's supposed to go. So Cletus might be a two on the radar. And if Betty Lou is a two on the radar, Cletus and Betty Lou are gonna find each other. Of course. Right? That's how it Just works. Like if it's a natural order of if things. The nine and a half guy out of a scale of one to ten on attractiveness. His water's up at this level. He's gonna find. He's floating in that in that water. Right. So he's floating with the other nine and a half and ten. Just like you and your lovely bride Bailey. She's beautiful. Yeah, she's the best. And I am an asshole. And I'm pretty sure <laughs> she's gonna divorce me one day. <laughs> no, 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 she won't. No, no, no. But no. I think I told her today. I just told her today when we started. I tested out all the equipment water, equipment today. Because I do it every time I do a podcast, make sure it's working so when I get here, I can set up and we're good to go. I just did it today. In the two minutes I asked her to test it with me, it could have been a great like marriage podcast. And like I asked her to say some stuff like, testing, testing, one, two, three. She took it upon herself to just like rip me as a husband for two straight minutes. And I'm two like, minutes? Jesus. Like, I just wanted to know if the microphone worked. That's all I wanted to know. And I thought, like, I'm going to make this a podcast, Marriage 101. We're going to teach everybody how to be a great married couple because our relationship, and I think this is true for all successful relationships. Everybody's like, I married my best friend. And I think that's romantic and it's got a nice tone to it. You didn't marry your best friend. You didn't. No. You married your my best friend. I think is an asshole, <laughs> like, and I'm sure he thinks the same. That's why I like you because you're right. just fun. And I think that around your best friend, you can be real. Number one, right? You're not going to judge me. I don't care. It is what it is. You you've been around me long enough. If you're like lifelong best friends, right? You don't have to be lifelong for that person. Like we're not per se best friends, but. Mm -hmm. You could say something to me, and I'm not going to go, hmm. I don't know about that. I don't know. Right? You know, I might say that. I, I may think that, but I'm, I'm going to in turn say, Jake, what are you talking about? That's yeah. not even yeah. anywhere Come on. close to reality. Yes. But you don't have to be best friends to have that. I agree. That. I agree with that. And I think for me, like to say I married my best friend, on the flip side of that is when people are like, man, I changed for this person. It's like I wouldn't want my wife to change one bit. No that's way. Why I married her. That's, why I'm, that's why I fell in love with her right away. Right. Because of who you are. I hope that you don't change. I wouldn't want you to expect me to change. Right? So I think for me, it's like finding somebody that you look at and just go, 
I just really like you. (laughs) I like being around you. Everything about you. You're fun. You're funny. You're attractive. Whatever. I think everybody's wife, and time changes all things, right? You've met a lot of people that now are not attracted to my significant other anymore. Uh, Blah, 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 blah. I feel sorry for those people. Me too. Me too. I think it's like, it's just tough. Like I just told Monica today, like... I enjoy being around you. Yeah. It's huge. Like when people go, what would you do this weekend? Did you do anything fun? Like, no, not really. I hung out at our house and went grocery shopping and went on a hike and did these things. And it's like, well, that kind of, whatever. Like, Mm -hmm. no, I had a really good time. time. I had a great time. Like, I love being around my wife. Mm -hmm. Like, I didn't marry my best friend. But my wife has become my best friend. Yes. That was where I was headed with that. Yeah, I I know that. I I, I felt that. Like, I'm not seeking any more friends Mm -hmm. because I have... I'm good. I have my best friend Mm -hmm. and I have close friends and I have Mm -hmm. buddies and I have friends that are becoming closer. But I don't need any more friends. And if, God forbid, all those people on the outside of my home disappeared... I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. I got my dogs. I got my cats. I got my life wife. I got my son. A simple life. I got my huge. close family. I got my parents. Yeah. I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. Like I'm my wife has become my best friend. And on Saturday morning, was, you wake up and you're like, what do you want to do today? Yeah. Let's, we got, do we let's go to yoga. Let's go for a hike. Mm-hmm. I got Jake coming over. We're going to do some podcasts. We're going to have yeah. Bailey come over. We'll make some, some spaghetti. It's going to be great. It's a good night. Yeah. It's a good day. Yeah. I agree. I think simplicity is huge. And I look at these people that have this drama and X, Y, and Z, and I'm like, man, X, Y, and Z for me is like, oh, I got to go to Lowe's. (laughs) And I pick something up. And when I got back, I forgot to get something. And now here comes Y, which is I got to go back to Lowe's. Right. (laughs) Right. You know what I mean? Before we came over here, we wrote down on a, literally a piece of mail, the back of an envelope. We drew out our whole backyard and like how we want to plant it and how we want to roll some turf in and put a new deck. And I'm like, that's awesome. I'm pumped now to like start this project. You know what I mean? And that to me is like, because I think that I want my daughter to run out there. I want my wife to run out there. I want to barbecue on a Sunday night and have yeah. a good time in a nice area. And those are the things that change. You know, you go to a bar now, if me and you went to a bar right now, is it Saturday? Yeah. 11.50 p.m., right? Me and you are going to go to the bar. We're going to look at all the single guys and go, no, that's the grind. <laughs> yeah. I that is the grind. It sounds awful. I don't know how, if I had to be single now, I would be single probably for the rest Forever. of my life. I would 100%. I would not want to have to dive into that no. pool and describe my challenges and trials and tribulations no. to every woman I've no. met. There's no way. Like if I, I, I agree. I there's no way. Thing. If I was single right now at 32 years old in 2019, uh, see you later. You know? I'm not putting the time Or the first me. person that you that you found that you've had some, a few things in common with, and you're like, okay, well, I want to hang out with you. Like, I would say, okay, well, 
I'm going to latch onto this because yes. <laughs> if it's any good, I'm holding I'm going to try to make this the one. And that's not how we got our wonderful no, wives. you don't build an organic There's no thing way. It's a lot harder when you're like one right swipe away from being replaced. Yeah, no. My single no. friends that are on Tinder and whatever else they're on, I'm like, this is a gnarly little world you live yeah, in. Yeah, no, forget it. I asked a kid the other day. He's 22 years old. We left the same place at the same time at like 8.30 on a Friday. And I said, what do you got going on tonight? Oh, I don't know. I've been talking to like four girls on through Tinder, and we'll see if one of them pans out. And I'm like, that's kind of crazy to me. Like, and and strangers I, probably, but it's normal to them. It's totally normal to them. Like, that's the new thing. Like, it was no different than us if we were, let's say, 21 on the dot. We go out to the bar, and you talk to four people, four girls that night, right? That's their version of. I got four girls I'm talking to. But you don't know him. You never met him. You're not actually talking to him. No. Uh-uh. We had to go put in real work. Like, right. Real work. You know, my wife will never, I don't think, let me live down day one where I met her. <laughs> it's a really long story, but it all came down to like the end of the night. I left a party at her apartment complex. Bailey, you know, Bailey. And I said, we went to the end of the driveway and I gave her like this elementary, like peck kiss. <laughs> that was literally it and I pulled away all like Rico Suave and I'm like there's more where that came from <laughs> she literally looked at me and went sure hope so like that was brutal <laughs> I was like okay see you later and that was it but that to me like we hung out for like 18 days straight after that and I left for a baseball game and I remember like wow we went like, we're not seeing each other for the first time in almost a month or whatever, two, three weeks. And it's weird, but I just met you. And I knew, like, I looked at that and went, man, this is probably something, like, very, very real. Right. Because it was, and you know it. It's, it's like that thing, like, love at first sight. I think you only really notice that in hindsight, right? Like, a year down the road. Yeah, sure, sure. A year or two down the road, I looked at that and went, man, I really, that was it. Right. Me. Looking at all my actions after we met and everything I did and everything I felt, I knew from the second I saw her. Right. As soon as you see her, you're like, man, that woman looks amazing. Yeah. She's super cool. She's funny. All the wonderful things. You're hopeful. Yeah. You can't enjoy each other's company and you can't enjoy each other's sense of humor and you can't be yourself and you can't be what... You know, you just can't relax and say things. Ultimately, that relationship's going to fail. If you can't be yourself, you're, you're going to lose. Yeah. and You're going to lose. And my wife and your wife, they're funny women. They're hilarious. They're, fu- they're very funny they women. They're hilarious. And we're very blessed guys. I agree. Like, we're very blessed guys because Bailey's hysterical, mm-hmm. Monica's funny, and we enjoy being around our wives, mm-hmm. and I feel bad for guys <laughs> that, that don't have that. That don't have that, and for guys that don't enjoy the company of their wives. That's most guys. It's most guys. It's. I mean, you've been married. You know, we couldn't figure out five, six, seven years, Long ten enough. years, whatever. Yes. But Monica and I are coming up on twenty-three years, mm-hmm. and we enjoy each other's company. Probably more. Like, all the time. If I 
am invited to do something, and if she can't come, I don't necessarily want to go. Yeah. You'll because, go if you have to, but yeah. if, you don't have, if you have a choice, it's like, you don't go out. Like, go. she brightens my day. She makes things more fun. She's hysterical to be around. She's smart. She's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So we're it's lucky hard. that way. I agree. I think we are lucky. Uh, and, and I think that's one of those things where it's like most people, seriously, that I know, oh, there's more unhappy people than happy people when it comes to marriage, right? 50% of marriages end in divorce. I seriously think that humor, it's got to be the number one. Oh, it's a critical it, it element. It it's a critical element. Thing. I feel like it has to be. Yeah. And you know why? Because humor, look at every comedian. Show me a comedian that takes himself too seriously. Uh, the, you won't find one. There are none. It, it goes me, against being a comedian. That's exactly right. So they don't take things personal. They don't take themselves too serious. And if you get into a marriage or a relationship with somebody that is also hilarious and you can respect that, and you are, in your own way, are funny enough. I know Monica thinks you're hilarious, right? Well, she, she likes to laugh at me, so I don't Either know. way, whatever. <laughs> She's laughing through the relationship. Yeah. I think there's a, an element to humor and love that I think is a bigger connection than anybody wants to really talk about, not in a, in a way that they don't want to talk about it, but just that I don't think they recognize how much that matters. Because it, it's a it's a diffusion on a lot of arguments. Oh, it's huge. It's a diffusion on a lot of ego stuff. If you're funny and you can laugh at yourself and you can be a little witty and talk about things, like it literally, I think it just changes everything. I think if you have that humor aspect in your relationship, you're going to miss 60% of the BS that, that most people don't miss. I think that's an underestimation. I think it's probably 75%. It probably is more. Yeah. Uh, for sure, for sure. It's a huge deal. Let me tell you a funny story about the king. Please. Is when Monica and I first moved in, I had this figurine of the bust of Elvis. It was like the 60s Elvis where it just had his big collar and his slick back hair and young, studly Elvis. He's, uh, prime. Right? Yeah, just boom, Elvis. And it said Elvis Presley, 19. You know, whenever he was born to 77 when he died, like Elvis, like it's a small little porcelain bus, probably 10 inches tall. It's just a small bus. My dad bought it when Elvis died. And when I moved out, he gave it to me. It's like, you know, Elvis is the king. I'm like, yeah, shit, yeah, I'll take that. Yeah. So I had this small little bust of Elvis. And so when Monica and I moved in together, she's like, what the hell is that thing? <laughs> I'm like, that's the king. What do you call El- that? That is Elvis. That is coming. Yeah. That's not something that we, it's mutual property that we decide, oh, listen, this has got to go. Like, no, yeah. no, no, no. No, this is staying. This is the king of rock and roll. It's got to stay. The king. She uh, reluctantly agrees, and we have Elvis. And then fast forward 10, 20 years or whatever. And uh, so some friends of ours, her best friend, Heather, we decide that we want to give Elvis as a gift. Mm-hmm. So the Elvis. The bust of Elvis. So we give this Elvis as a gift, and now it's a gift that you don't want to receive. <laughs> okay? So it's like... Does your dad know this? No, yeah, he knows. Like I told him that. <laughs> you know, and this is 
this is probably 30 years after he's given it to me. Yeah. So it's something you give to your kid. It's long forgotten. I don't say it back. Huh? Have you ever gotten it? Oh yeah, that's the thing. It's like all the time. No, yeah, listen. <laughs> so let me tell you how it goes. So he gives it to me, and uh, of course I display it prominently. And then when I move in with my wife or my girlfriend who becomes my wife, she's like, "This thing is fucking ridiculous. It's got to go." And I'm like, "You don't understand. It's the king." Mm-hmm. And she's like, "I don't care if it's the king or whatever. It's disgusting. It's got to go." I said, okay, I'll tell you what. Let's start a game with Heather, who's her best friend, Mm -hmm. and her husband, Kelly. I go, let's just, every time we go over there, we'll drop Elvis in some inconspicuous spot. And when they find it, they're like, you guys suck. And they'll find it, and they'll bring it back, and it'll go back and forth for forever. Yeah, in perpetuity. So <laughs> it goes on for a decade, right? So That's amazing. Yeah, so we finally get it back. And then when we move Dylan into his dorm room, guess gets- what? Guess what goes into his dorm room? Elvis is in his dorm room in Flagstaff. And it's awesome. It's but Elvis, now, bro. But now, yeah, because the bus itself had Elvis's. It's like white porcelain, and his hair was beautiful. But somewhere along, somewhere along the line, Elvis got dropped or bumped into something, and his he- the top of his head got cracked. So somebody at some point put like a Bob Marley Rastafari <laughs> Rastafari oh, wig oh like on Elvis, so Elvis has dreadlocks and like, like the multicolored. Like, Beanie? like dread. Yeah, it's like the green, and green yellow, and yellow and red. orange. Beanie? Yeah, yeah. So it's got a full roster oh, of dreadlocks, and then, <laughs> and then red. during Christmas, of course, Elvis has now the the Santa hat and the Does white come home? <laughs> and the white beard. Did he come home? No, <laughs> I don't know, Dylan. If you're listening, you're not participating in the Elvis game Bring correctly because Christmas you have to deposit idea. the Elvis somewhere else. Because when we went up there the last week, Elvis is prominently parked on Dylan's <laughs> it's in Dylan's dorm. So, yeah, the he king needs of rock to send and roll. It home with his roommate, he, he needs to start getting Elvis elsewhere. That's amazing. I guess the thing now is like cruises, right? Cruises are inexpensive, yeah. all inclusive. I got seasick on a cruise. Oh if man, you can believe it? I do believe it. I went fishing one time with my dad. And two things happened. I went to go cast my line, and the guy next to me, he literally, before I throw my line out there, I've never done that in my life. I've never fished in my life. I've never done any of that. Right before I throw my line out there, I'm just trying to pretend like I know what I'm doing. Right. You know? The guy goes, don't cross my wire. And I'm like, of course not. Some other I'm fisherman? Like, yeah. I'm like 12. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know what that means. I throw it out there and it crosses like six lines. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Perfect. I literally threw it out I'm there. I'm good. And it was like I had a freaking kite on the end of my thing and the wind was blowing 50 miles an hour. It just went <laughs> and wrapped straight around like six lines. Of course it did. I was like, oh, that's what you meant. You know, I think he wanted me to just like straight, like lower it down into the right, water. Of course. I don't know the difference. Listen, kid, don't screw with me. I throw it and I'm telling you within 
five seconds. That thing's like, whew, I throw my line out there. It's got a pretend kite on it because it just took off 90 degrees straight to the right before it even hit the water. The guy next to me told you, and I'm like, oh, shoot, I'm 12 years old. I'm right. terrified. Who is this guy? Where's my dad? I don't know. Before my line circled around all six of the lines next to me, I ended up getting seasick, and I, I puked, oh, and then God. I puked. And, and by the this is a kind of a – it turns into a good story, I guess. I throw my thing. It goes over six lines. I'm standing there, like, stressed out. I just want to kind of cry because I got six fishermen-type guys that <laughs> want to off. kill me. Like, I literally lassoed their lines yeah. like, so bad. Nobody can tell what's happening. The guy comes over, and I'm sick. I'm like, I'm going to throw up. I'm going to throw up. I'm super seasick. And I've never been seasick. I didn't yeah. know. I didn't know. And it hits you like that. Right, of it's course. It's quick. Yeah. And I, at the time, what happened was they had those little rails to put your pole in, right? So I stick my pole in there. I go to find my dad and say, hey, threw my line over everybody's line. Can you just <laughs> Could you take the pole for me? Can you just calm them down? Because they're all really angry. So he comes out. And as I'm walking How old back, were you? I was probably 12. Okay. Never fished in my life. Yeah. I don't even know why I walked out there without my dad <laughs> telling me what to do. I think I was bored. Uh-uh. You're you know, a boss. We, we took off. And there was a bunch of dolphins jumping outside our boat. And that was like the initial, like, this is awesome. Yeah. Fishing is awesome. I love this. They disappeared. Next thing you know, it's, it's not very long later. And I throw my line over everybody's. <laughs> Go get my dad. And, and as I went to get my dad, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I feel sick. Like, super sick. So I'm walking. Now I'm walking behind the six guys that all hate my guts. Right? To get to my pole. Right. And after guy like number two, I'm like, oh, man, I'm going to puke. I'm like, I got to run because I can't puke on these guys' shoes. <laughs> oh, like, this will be even worse. So I sprint past all of them. I take a, a sharp, like, you know, three-foot right turn to the rail. And it's wet in the in the boat. The, the floor is wet. And I slip. My feet come slipping out from under me. My stomach's on the rail. And I'm like, I'm about to go over the boat. <laughs> this is the worst day of my life. I'm going to piss these six guys off. I'm going to lasso their stuff. I'm going to puke. I'm going to fall in my own puke. I'm going to drown. Like, this is not how I wanted to go out. The guy next to me that originally is like, don't throw your line over my line, grabs my shirt. And I'm literally, I wasn't like, I won't exaggerate. I wasn't like literally going to flip over there, but pretty close. Right. Grabs my shirt. Doesn't let go of his pole. I distinctly remember this because I felt like when I looked at him, I'm like, man, you really remind me of the snow shoveler from Home Alone. Remember that movie? Yeah, yeah. That was a big angry guy that turns out to be nice. Right. I was 12, and I'm like, you're the guy. You're the snow shovel. You're the neighbor or whoever shovels the snow in the Home Alone. Super mean. In my mind, he saved my life, right? He picks me up. I got puke all over me, and my dad's like, you're a disaster. <laughs> Thanks, Bob. And I remember the next six hours was... Uh, at the bottom of the boat, curled up on, you know, on, like a plastic bench underneath the top yeah. deck, and it was brutal. I haven't been on a boat since. Oh, yeah. Seasickness is... It's the worst. It's the worst. It's the... I don't think I'll go on a boat again, to be honest. Wow, Bird. It was a good round tonight. Yeah, appreciate solid. the time. For um, sure. We are going to do this again. Yeah, absolutely. Thank All you, right. Jake. Thank you. <laughs>